Hello everyone, I'm Mike from The Self App, and thank you for listening to The Self App Podcast. This is a show where we discuss all things good thoughts, good words, good deeds related, and interview people passionate about being their best self, and who are helping others to be their best self too. Some of the segments include Coaching Clinic, where we talk to psychologists, motivational thinkers, and life coaches. Book Club, where we discuss and share reviews on our favorite books. Startup Spotlight, taking a pre-seed and more often than not non-techie view on starting a business and running a business. Health and Fitness Hustle, where we provide tips, tricks, and training from experts. And Esoteric Edge, a look at hidden or secret philosophy and how it can help you be your best self. If you haven't already, please download the Self app where we deliver you a collection of tools to help you be your best self. And 3% of all our profits are donated to charity. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Today, it's my privilege to introduce you to Christy Lamagna. This is Christy Lamagna. She promises that after listening to this podcast, you will leave better than you are in this moment. Now, team, that is a bio, and I am absolutely fascinated to know how you're going to deliver that one, Christy. Tell us, tell us about this magical promise that you're, you've offered our audience. So I have, you know, it's one of the only benefits to getting older is if you're paying attention, you learn a few things along the way. So um, one of the things that I have learned is that so, so many conversations and relationships are transactional, which is why people end up being exhausted and feeling hollow and unfulfilled. And, you know, I've listened, I do a lot of reading and report, the best reporters are the ones who ask questions and then listen to the answers and who are truly curious about people and who will see someone who the rest of us would ignore and then they stop and they, I want to hear your story, tell me about you. And in thinking about that, it's, you know what, if you stop thinking about yourself and you really focus on someone else, it's incredible what a different relationship that is and how much better off both people are. So I ended up kind of cobbling together. There are three universal principles that I live by and that I write about. And the first one is it's not about you because everyone's favorite subject is themselves. So if you can approach conversations and people and even business transactions as it's not about you, you're way ahead of the game, which is why, for instance, I don't need a bio because people don't care who I am or where I've been. They care about what I'm going to do for them. So if you immediately surrender your ego and instead care about what you can do for someone, it, you make an instant connection with people and you start talking about their favorite subject, which is them, which universal principle number two is what's in it for me. Because if you think about it, right now, anyone who's watching this could be doing anything else in the world. They could be napping, they could be hiking, they could be drinking, you know, they could be doing anything. So in order for you to have someone's attention right now, they have chosen to watch this over any other option in the universe. And when you think about that, that's pretty compelling. It's also a little mm. bit daunting, right? I mean, there's a lot of competition out there. So if it's not about you, and I answer the question, what's in it for me, to my audience, because what they need to do is, if this has to be more compelling than any other thing they could possibly be doing. So if I commit to providing value, they're immediately interested because I'm about to provide value to their favorite topic, which is them. And then the third principle is if you give people what they want, they will give you what you want. 
And that on the surface sounds a little bit transactional, but if you think about, you know, the reason you created this podcast is you care about people and you want to bring enrichment to their lives. People who do this are interested in aligning with you, you know, care about you, care about your audience. So if I give people what they want, which is valuable information, they'll give me what I want. And what I want is to know that I have made a difference and that I leave someone better than I found. Them. So everything we do is for our own best interests. If I write a check to a charity, you say, well, that was selfless, but I'm writing <clears> a check to a charity that makes me feel good and that I care about. If I had $10,000 and someone said, you have to write this check to a charity I don't care about, then I'm disappointed. If I write it to something I do care about, I feel wonderful. So even if you took that $10,000 and bought me a car, which I, Mike, I highly suggest you do that. Just so you know. <laughs> um, you know <laughs> like, have you ever bought someone a gift and you can't wait for them to open it because you just can't wait for that, that look on their face or when they just flip out, I know you're going to love this gift. Well, you, you did this for them, but you're getting something out of it. And that doesn't make you selfish. It brings us back to principle number one, which is it's all about you. So in order to to kind of break that cycle and start with, I'm going to make this about someone else. It's so different and it's it's a little bit against how we're hardwired that it, it just naturally fosters a true um, connection with people. And you find yourself drawing upon who you are and what you have to offer to someone. And once you look at someone as, how can I help this person? You're standing in front of me. Why is that? How can I help you? It's addictive. It's much more... I have found, and I really just about anyone I've ever spoken to has found that if I am able to do something wonderful for someone, that feeling of euphoria lasts a lot longer than if you do something for me. So it's, and it becomes addictive and you just want to do it over and over. So I can guarantee that I can leave people better than I found them because I'm going to spend the rest of our time together sharing ways that they can enrich their lives and feel more fulfilled and generally get more joy out of life and it's it actually is uplifting and instead of being exhausting which a lot of times when you listen to podcasts you watch webinars you have to do this you have to do this and it's just you write it all down and you're exhausted by the time you're done <clears throat> the things that i talk about are uplifting life-giving energy boosting and just these enormous dopamine hits so and it's all legal so <laughs> <laughs> it's a hive. You don't have to worry about uh, how you obtain it. Love it. Look, before we move on to some of the other ways that you mentioned that you want to really share, and you know, one of the things that really struck me as you were speaking is your three pillars or three golden rules. It's not about you. What's in it for me? And I'm paraphrasing here, but it hit me like a bolt of lightning. Reciprocity. It's circuitous. Everything you've just said is is this, it becomes like a snowball effect because you're thinking about surrendering, as you said, surrendering your ego and being generous. That's that's rule number one is a spirit of generosity is, is thinking about um, the other. Then it's what's in it for me is, well, it's not just about thinking for the other. What is their compelling value? What can I give them that is going to leave meaning, is, is going to leave value behind? And then ensuring that you know, when you're, you're anchoring it and, and hammering home, that there is a difference that you make for them. You go back to rule number one, which is 
if you come off track, you just surrender your ever and give. How do you, how do you continue? How do you continue to keep this cycle going? And it it struck me as as truly harmonic way of going about relationships and engagements and what our audience may not know about you that I've got some insight is, you know, you are probably one of the most prolific networkers. I've never seen anyone who can pick up the phone and have, honestly, from, you know, fund managers in some of the largest funds in the world, managing hundreds of millions of dollars to CEOs to the who's who of a Rolodex that, that would be the envy of anyone uh, running a business. These people jump and like, Christy, yeah, I'll help. I'll talk to you for Christy. I'll jump on a podcast for Christy. Yeah, how, how, who can I connect you with for Christy? So I can see how um, this could help anyone like me, right? I'm, I'm a natural introvert. I don't tend to want to network or find it comfortable. I, I kind of feel like the analogy for me is I feel like that kid in you know, kindergarten that goes to the first dance and you've got girls on one side of the room, boys on the other, and you're like, I ain't going over that that terrain for anything. And I won't be the first. And that to me is the feeling of networking. There's an anxiety, a fear. It's like, I don't know what to do. But when you look at these principles, it's not about you, what's in it for me and reciprocity. That all goes away because you actually want to lean in. You want to go, hey, like, is this something I can help you with? And, and I've seen the end of that in just how many big hitters in the US, like people running hundreds of millions of dollars of business in the hotel industries that, that I've spoken to as, as as a part of knowing you, that really will jump and, and find out how they can give value back. So it's I can see why it's addictive because even I'm fascinated and, and, and armored with it. But I digress. I really want to move on to some other amazing ways because you've already given us pure gold, Christy. What are some of the other ways that you mentioned that you, you can help people and, and you know, you've, you've got really so many facets to your personality. You've got the fact that you're a serial entrepreneur, you're a master coach, and you know, that takes a, a, a number of facets itself. Love to explore some of those ways and tie them back to, you know, the way the ordinary person who's listening, who wants a bit of enrichment and wants some of that value can extract that. How, how, how do you suggest they do that? Sure. So I do want to touch on, you were just saying, you know, you're the person with the dance and I am, and you said you're an introvert. I am, so what's interesting is you can put me in front of an audience of 5,000 people and say, I need you to talk about X and I can go for an hour with no notes and be in my glory. Invite me to a dinner party with you and your wife and one other couple. I will wish to get the mumps so that I don't have to go because I will crawl out of my skin because I don't know how to make small, it make, I am allergic to networking. I am a social, just neophyte. I am awful at it. And for me, it, that's a problem. So in being able to offer something, it makes it easier. It also as a little side, if you invite me to a dinner party, what happens is because I'm not good at small talk, I end up in the kitchen or serving food. So I'm great to invite because I end up working because I want to help. So I'm like the unpaid help. My best friend had this huge barbecue and he came over to me and pulls me aside and he says, you need to stop. And I said, stop what? And he said, a friend of mine just came over to me and said, you're doing better than I thought you were. And he said, what are you talking about? And he said, you hired a maid to, or a caterer to do your event? He says, they think you're the hired help. Put down the tray. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my best friend. She's just a lunatic. <laughs> so for me, this was a way to 
because I know what paralyzes me and I can't walk up to you. Like for me to walk up to you at a networking event and try and sell you on what I do, I'd rather die. Or to just walk up to you and say, so we're at a networking event. Hi, what do you do? I, I just am so flat and so uncomfortable. So you were just saying like, you know, what can we do for ordinary people? There are no ordinary people. Everyone is extraordinary. And one of the things that you do need to realize, you know, the, the folks who, you know, you're referencing who are, are these, you know, multimillionaires running billion dollar companies. So they're going to treat you the way they're going to treat you. And it's not about you, it's about them. So I'll talk to anyone and make them feel like a million dollars. That frustrates people sometimes because let's say, you know, so-and-so is, you know, an X, Y, Z. But you know what? It's not about me and it's not about my opinion of them. This conversation is about them. So, and if someone treats me poorly, I know it's not about me. That person, if you talk to other people, will find out treats everyone poorly. Or, you know, it's as simple as the analogy of, you know, I've walked past you, you gave me this huge smile and I blew you off. I don't have my glasses on and I didn't see you. And you can go and say, she blew me off. Did I do something to upset her? She's not talking to me because she's got a C-level title, and I'm a, and like we go into these these deep uh, like you know rabbit holes in our heads, writing the story of why this happened, and it's not about you. I'm going to treat you the way I'm going to treat you. It has nothing to do with you. So as we talk about ordinary people, there are no ordinary people, and the way you are treated, there are two pieces to that. One. You can only be treated the way I allow, you, the way you allow me to treat you. And two, if I am rude to you, you think about when you walk into a store or think about you're on hold for 45 minutes with whatever company you're trying to get in touch with. The poor person on the other end of the phone, when they pick up the phone and say, how can I help you? And you're ready to bite their heads off because you've been listening to bad Muzak for the last 45 minutes and you're calling because you had a problem to begin with and you just go at them it makes you feel better, it has nothing to do with them. So for them to internalize and say, I'm a ter terrible customer service rep, or you know it has nothing to do with them. So the when you say it's not about you, it, it it's a couple of, there are a couple ways to look at that is the way I treat you at times, well, always is how I'm feeling. I just project it onto you, but you can also you know, I have I have a colleague and we have always promised each other, if there is tension between us, we're going to have a conversation. And we just last week had a moment and I said, we need to have a conversation because this is not okay with me. And he said, I didn't even realize I did it. Thank you for telling me. And he could have said, thank you for telling me and fixed it. Or he could have said, get over it, this is who I am. At which point it goes back to people are going to treat you the way you let them, but here's my boundary. This is not acceptable to me. It was done with kindness. So regardless of your station in life, you are entitled to respect. And you do need to be aware that we internalize so much and make everything our fault, you know? So, and it's it's not. So that, that I would say for the, the first, you know, people who are listening to this and who don't consider themselves to have a position of stature or I don't have enough money or I don't have, you are the same person I am. We, you know, just have different lives, but we have the same, um, we have the same right to happiness and we have the exact same right to be treated with dignity and respect. And if you remember that the way people treat you is one, 
partially about them and to the way you allow them to treat you, immediately things can change and you don't have to be combative at all. But it, 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 to just simply say, I have to be honest with you, that made me uncomfortable. It, you don't have to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, I'm an introvert, I could never say that. Figure out how you can and it, it immediately makes things better. You know, you're, you're, you've nailed it and, and it's funny for the audience who don't know this, I've been in a, in a working environment with you and you know, I, I used to say that you have a frame-breaking way of getting people out of their own narratives and back onto a common narrative. And you, you know what it basically means is, as you said, you know, I was really picking up on the, on 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 the fact that we've all got our own stories. We all take on hurts that aren't necessarily um, directed at us or intended to hurt us. We sometimes, a lot of us, um, you know, really do feel like. It's our fault. We've done something, and you know, we tend to either fight or flight, and you know, bring conflict together in a way that not necessarily is best for us, or best for the for the other person, or best for where you're trying to head. Um, and it's pretty powerful to sum up those two um, those two rules about you know your frame breaking power around frame breaking narratives. Um, to you, you know, you are only going to be treated the way you allow yourself to be treated, and remember, it's not about you, or don't take it personally. Um, those two rules are, are huge, and you know, I've just had another bit of gold, and, and you're so right. One of the things I want to come back to a little bit, Christy, is you know, you talk about this, and it's natural human behaviour to say, well, you've got a platform, or you've got. Um, you've got where you are and you've got this network now and I'm here, uh, I don't see a connection, I don't see a way through, even if I follow your golden rules, even if I think it's not about you, what's in it for me, for the other person, reciprocity, even if I kind of start saying to myself, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to allow myself to be treated that way, but I'm equally going to deal with conflict in a respectful manner. And I'm going to realize not everything is personal, it's not about me, you know, clear the air and try and move forward. But there are a lot of people who are stuck in situations that aren't, um, you know, they don't have the resources they might need, or they don't have a network they might need, or they may feel um, trapped in a in a vicious cycle. You know, can can you talk about your story a little bit? Because I, I I know a little bit about what, how you started and how you got to where you are today, and I think that's a very empowering story for a lot of people to hear to know where you come from and. and you know, really, and if you can talk us through some of the journeys to how you really made it to where you are today, to have this serial entrepreneurship, to be a master life coach, to be um, adored by C-suites across the US, you know, at hundreds of millions of dollars level. Bring, bring us back to where you started and how you kind of began the journey of, of getting to where you are, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. And so I want to frame this as, you know, my story just for an illustrative purpose, I'll share. It's not about me. And I just want to be very careful because we keep referencing C-suite people and, and corporate executives. There are people who are listening to this and please don't turn this off because it's not about corporate America. It's about whoever you are. Um, so what, I have two stories that come to mind. I went to a mastermind group with a gentleman who is well known and 
he's on stage talking about. So I went to Elaine's, which is a restaurant in New York. And if you were at Elaine's back in the day, I'm like, it's known in New York. And he's talking about, so I met with this one and then I got this opportunity. Okay, because you used to be a professional football player. You're loaded. You're meeting with these people because you can pick up the phone and say, I'm so-and-so, and now you're having lunch at Elaine's. Okay, you realize that the rest of us are sitting here. We don't have a Super Bowl ring. You're kidding me, right? Like you're gonna, you're telling me how to become you? I don't play football. So, and I got frustrated and I stood up and I said, and I was kind of snarky. And I said, so if we don't have dinner connections to get to the lanes and we haven't played football, do you have any suggestions how the rest of us are gonna do this? And so I, I took it personally. I made it about me and my frustration. And now he was also making it about him instead of about me. It's like there was definitely all kinds of misfiring going on. And it really took him back because he didn't know how to relate to me as me. He only knew how to tell me about his story. I don't care about your story. I care about your story is going to help me. So one of the, I didn't walk away with the answers that I needed. But this was um, a mastermind on how to become a speaker. And I know I want to share with people. And what I ended up doing was, and it kind of goes right back to my principle. How do you start, right? I, I'm not a speaker. How am I going to get anybody to pay me? Do I know if I have anything to say? If it's, so for me, it started with speaking because that's what I'm passionate about. Now for you, you know, whatever it is that you're passionate about, what I did was I, I put together a talk and I offered to do it for free. And it allowed me to build up some chops. It allowed me to, to kind of just get my cadence. It allowed me to get some um, reference, not re references, um, uh, reviews, you know, positive reviews. Mm -hmm. And then slowly it word got out and I said, okay, well, you know what? I'll speak, Mike, I'll speak for free at your event. But I'd like in return those for you to introduce me to someone who could pay me. So, and then that slowly started to grow. When I was in, when I was trying to get into corporate America, it was, you know, it's so frustrating. Uh, you know, you can't get hired until you have a job and you can't, <laughs> until you have experience, you can't get experience with mm -hmm. a job. Mm -hmm. Or people who want to perhaps put other folks in their life, how do I break out of the circle that I'm in? I'm hanging out with this group of people and I want to level up, what do you do? And it comes back to, it's funny, it's, it's the universal principles. So it's not about you for a little while. I want to get to where I'm going, but how are you gonna get there? Mm -hmm. So what I did was, um, for instance, I worked on a few different board uh, boards for non-governmental organizations, for charities, for, you know, I have, I think, five different boards that I work on. When I offered what's in it for them, I would like to donate my time, I would like to donate my skills, you immediately start to develop relationships with these people. So what was in it, give people what they want and they'll give you what you want. So what I did was I found things that I could support. I offered my time. It allowed me to get to know those people. Again, we weren't at the dance and I wasn't introducing myself, you know, asking you to dance. I was there saying, how can I help you? So suddenly I didn't feel intimidated. I'm then able to interact with them because there's something that you can do that I can't. Okay, and mm. whatever that is, it could be, you're a great writer, you're great with numbers, you're great with space. 
you have skills that I absolutely do not. I have a very, very, very narrow lane of things that I'm good at. I stay in my lane. I'm surrounded by people who have other lanes. Ask me to read a map and you will never, you'll end up in Australia and I live in New York. <laughs> do not ask me to read your map, but here's the thing. I don't offer to do that. So you find a place where you can share your talents. You get to know those folks. You're able to do that on a level that you're comfortable. And then suddenly your circle starts to grow. And then again, if you meet me, conceptually, you can meet everyone in my relatives. So I work in the event field. My, I taught college for 10 years and my students would always say to me, how do I start to be a planner? Go to an event, go to a charity event, Find the person who's running it and say, I'd like to help you for your next event and volunteer and learn and get to know them. So when I got out of college, I wanted to work in publishing. Love books, I've run newspapers, all about publishing. I went to a temp agency and I interviewed temp agencies and said, do you place in the publishing arena? If the answer was no, I went to the next one. I found one that placed in publishing. So, I'm interviewed, I, I signed up at the temp agency basically to be an admin because that's what temp agencies do with, you know, 23 year olds. So I walk in beyond qualified to answer their phones, but it wasn't about me and it wasn't about what I could do in that moment. It was about what could I do for them? So I would come in, be a receptionist. And also while I was there, do you need this file? Do you want me to, I can create a system for this. And like, who are you? So I go to this publishing company start as their receptionist and two weeks later I had a full-time job there because I was able to offer now if I had gone in with my resume they wouldn't have paid attention to me I don't know that I would have had the confidence because I didn't know any of these people I got to know them it took a lot when someone would say to me can you make me a copy of this to not want to kill them because no I, I don't know are you kidding me it's not about me What's in it for them? And so I made the copies. <laughs> I answered the phone and I took the messages and I made the coffee and it killed me until I realized this is helping me. Every time I get to help you, you're putting a little checkbox next to you. Oh, she's really helpful. She and I got what I wanted because I gave them what they wanted. And so it just it again, I hate to make it seem like it's strictly transactional because sometimes you do this and I'll help people with no expectation of getting anything back and I won't because I just want to help them but I started my career by I knew what I wanted I didn't make it about me I helped other people and then it allowed me to get to where I was going and when I needed to get to a place where I didn't have a connection I would find so I love the 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 uh, example of working for a charity because people who work for charity are associated with donors. The donors have money to spare. You're probably not gonna to get to meet the guy who can write the $10,000 check as John Q. Public, but work the event, the people who are sitting on the board and the people who are on the development committee to produce the event, they've got time, they've got status, and you wouldn't meet them otherwise. So find something that you're drawn to, donate your time to it, and that's how you can start to expand your circle. And you don't, you cannot listen to this and say it would work for her, but I don't know what charity or I don't have any skills. The fact that you would volunteer, you could work at the reg desk and hand people badges. Do not sell your skills short. The desire to help 
is what a lot of these places are looking for. And then, you know, that then grows into something else. So if you decide before you start that it can't happen, you're going to be right. If you decide that it can happen, you're also going to be right. So decide you can or decide you can't. Either way, you're right. So you should decide you can. Because I'm no different than anyone else. I just did these things, but I'm in no way special. Just the person who followed these steps. I'm not lucky. I'm not talented. I am a product of having done the work. And it's really not even that hard. It's amazing. I mean, you know, I want to synthesize that back because I got some huge takeaways. You know, going back to your first principle of where, where you start with this is, is you know, I heard you say the word passion. What What is your passion? And for you, it was speaking. And you knew you wanted to to develop that. And, and, you know, I think everyone has something that they're passionate about and or they see a problem they want to solve. So it, it seems to be one of those two things that motivates them. Then to take the approach that you did, which is immediately begin to to apply your you know the first of the golden rules it's not about you think about what you can give not what you can take and what you have what everyone has is the amazing gift of time you know we all have it we all have it and um, when you apply that to a to a mindset of how can I help what can I give here and tying back to your passion staying in your lane trying to keep as laser focused on aligning with organizations or people or anyone that may want some help for nothing um, that's in your lane you're not going to find um, that that load super difficult and as, as you said when the ego rises when you're like oh, damn you know like i don't want to be bringing coffee so making another copy so i'm so much better than that um, to remember again that it's not about you and this is about creating compelling value for someone else who will see it and and it will create opportunities it will move you forward and that's what I'm, I'm you know really picked up is there was a clear path a clear structure to your principles that allowed you and really anyone because it's so scalable to move forward right and that's that's super powerful um one of the things i want to ask you christy is do you know is it is it a case of when adversity hits and when you know fear or blockers or just life that's out of your control smacks you around and, and kind of knocks you off your feet a little bit um what what do you do or what what's the approach that you take or, or you know is it the golden rules approach or is there another strategy that you have for driving through and persevering in the face of adversity i'd love to learn that because you know I'm a fan of Mike Tyson and I love what he said. You know, you can have the best laid plans until you get punched in the mouth, right? And, and it happens to a lot of us. And, and particularly lately with COVID, we're all getting punched in the mouth repeatedly. So how do, how do we keep our poise? How do we keep our balance in the face of adversity? I was chuckling as you said that because what first came to my mind is, well, clearly I eat when I'm stressed because <laughs> a little more of me than there should be. So. Um, and that's one of the things that's so important. Like, you know, sometimes you do these, you listen to these folks on webinars and they have an answer for everything. And oh, when I get stressed, I just meditate. Come on, folks. I mean, so I drink a glass of wine and I eat a piece of chocolate and I'm heavier than I've ever been. So like there is no person who gets through this life unscathed. So I can tell you that I am right now going through some things where, you know, COVID kicked my butt. 
I run a large corporate event company. I speak, I do corporate coaching. That all literally overnight, through no fault of my own or any, you know, all of us have, have been affected by COVID. Like suddenly, literally someone turned the lights out on my perfectly functioning life. I said, what, what just happened? So it's, you know, what was a blessing about COVID is we were all in the same boat and you could honestly say, okay, I cannot control this and there's really nothing I can do about it. So in some ways that was comforting. In other ways, it's very frustrating because if you're a doer, you want to fix something and you can't. So what I did during COVID, again, I knew that different people react in different ways to isolation. I've, I've practiced my entire life to not be with people. I, for a woman who speaks, and I loved being in the house all the time because I travel so much. But I realized that other people really miss human connection. So I started writing letters to people. Hey, Mike, haven't spoken to you. And I, lit, I wrote hand notes every day. I would write a few notes and send them to people. It's easier to email. But I took the time to hand address things and send people notes, just thinking of you, wanted to let you know, and keep that human connection. And reached out to people and said, Mike, you know, gosh, how are you doing? You know, you've got a newborn. And giving people the opportunity to tell their story and to keep that connection and to value people and give them a place to feel important again, because during COVID, so many of us just lost our way and didn't feel important anymore. And you know, Mike, you, I've got 45 minutes. You're the only thing I care about for the next 45 minutes. Tell me how you are. And then truly listen and wait to hear the answers. Like, it's so, um, it gives me so, it, it provides so much harmony because it allows you to stop thinking about yourself. It's not about me, right? What's in it for them? It allows you to potentially give someone the opportunity to just exhale because when is the last time anyone called you and said, how are you? And truly cared and listened. And it also just, it gave me back a sense of self-worth to give people what they want. They'll give you what you want. I needed to feel useful. So it allowed me to feel like I had contributed to the world in some way on that day. So that really helped me keep my sense of purpose and balance. I also, again, I did things that, ironically, I stayed as busy during COVID, but it is really hard. It was really hard because there was just, it, you couldn't be as productive. Um, but the larger question is when life throws adversity at you, what do you do? So when I'm done eating the cookie and having a bottle of wine, um, you know, I was in a mastermind group that uh, was based on thinking for a rich, and there's a there's this brilliant brilliant passage in there that talks about um, this group that was going to battle, and they brought they landed on shore, and I wish I could, had a good enough memory to tell you exactly who said this, but the folks on the boats were about to you know hide them, and the, this gentleman the commander said burn the boats, he said, burn the boats. What if we need to come back? It, he says, the only way is forward. We are not coming back. We are not retreating. Burn the boats. And I've got right. I've adapted a burn the boat philosophy, and this has to work. And there is no option. So I'm going to figure this out and 
it's not easy. There are days where, you know, I am not interested in getting out of bed and it's hard. But when I really feel like I'm losing my way, if I pause and do a call with someone and ask them how they are, it gets me right back on track because I feel valued again. I remember that I have worth. And even if all I've done is listen to you, it recharges my battery. So it, it's funny, it always goes back to those three principles. So when I get lost, I reach out to someone else and don't ask them for anything other than the opportunity to hear their story. And for me, it just, it, I perk right back up. It's a huge adversity hack for anyone that's that's really listening and it really does hark hark back to um, it's not about you and surrendering you go and, and yeah and give a spirit of generosity give like when you're stuck and when you feel like life's taking away from you think about what you can give and it'll recalibrate you that I mean it's counterintuitive in so many ways yet so powerful because it is counterintuitive it's it's you know it's an ultimate jujitsu move I love it so thank <laughs> you for sharing that it's it's wicked um I want to ask you now I want to take take us back to um you know a higher plane of 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 thinking and feeling what what who well, I should say who and what are you thankful for in your life oh my gosh isn't that a wonderful question? So I am in, so I'm gonna start with the simplest thing, my dog, who's gonna be 17. I don't have kids, he's my first pet. And he reminds me every day that life is not complicated. He doesn't have pockets, so he has no place to put his money. Oh wait, he has no money and he doesn't care. He has lost his, the majority of his sight, couldn't care less. He barely hears, he doesn't really hear anymore. He doesn't care. He's happy, he still enjoys treats, and you pet his head and he wags his tail. Like, he is just the ultimate, he doesn't lament what he doesn't have, he wakes up every day, and this dog has taught me so much about just, if you show up with the right attitude, life can be wonderful. And he doesn't think about, you know, God, when I was a puppy, I used to, no, he woke up today and he's good. And he makes me laugh, and I can be in the middle of the worst day in the world, and he does something stupid and I burst out laughing because nothing is that serious. So I'm tremendously appreciative of my dog. Um, I have a partner who couldn't be less like me than he is. And I get all twisted about stuff and he'll just look at me and, oh yeah, I, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Are you worried about what? And he just makes me realize sometimes that, you know, but he got a jury duty notice. and. Okay, so nobody knows who he is. So I can say, like, keep your up. You get what? You can't do that. And he says, for all they know, I didn't get it. Are they going to take away my birthday? And he said, but you have to follow the rules. And I said, why? <laughs> so he reminds me that you, know, you don't have to take everything quite so seriously. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother, who uh, her anniversary of passing is tomorrow. And she just instilled in me such a sense of that woman loved me no matter what. And it was, she was always my safe place. And there's there should be someone in your life that no matter what you've done or what's going on in the world, you can just show up in front of them and everything is better. And you know, she was very much that person and, and still is. I tell people, it's funny because this whole giving philosophy, you don't make as much money all the time because you're giving things away. So I always tell people my accountant hates me 
And my grandmother is very proud of me because she looks down and she watches over me. She's very proud of me. So as long as grandma's not too proud and the accountant's not too mad, I know that my business philosophy is aligned. Grandma's too proud. I'm giving too much away. The accountant's too <laughs> So, um, yeah. And my dad, who gave me a love of words and reading and language, and it's it shaped my entire life. That's beautiful. Thank, thank you so much for sharing so authentically and vulnerably, Chrissy. It was I've got a smile on my face just just from your story, and I I kind of almost have a, a a devil and an angel picture when I think about your accountant and your grandma. But it, sure. it really resonates. Um, I love it. So as we wrap up our conversation today, it's been a wonderful talk to you. I, I would love you've shared so many tips so generously, but I wonder if there is a, a single refine key piece of insight or advice that you can offer listeners to help them be their best self wow that's a great question that's why you're such a good conversationalist because you you force people to think and none of these answers are canned so bravo to you because you you listen and you react and you it's not this here's my script and i'm going to go off of it so thank you for being you know so easy to engage with um Truly, I think that the most important piece of advice is it's not, you know, I've heard people say, you know, whoever dies with the most toys wins. I think that for me, every interaction, if I can leave whatever situation I'm in better than when I found it, which could also mean walking into the kitchen and wiping down a counter. It doesn't have to be life-changing. If you look at your life as an opportunity to leave every situation better than you found it and it doesn't have to be huge you will have a much more joyous experience and that's truly that has been a salve to me um, on many occasions so that's what i would say to people and again it doesn't matter where you are in life how much money you have what your education is we are all coming from the same place it's just a matter of how we treat other people and what we do with our time here, truly. And I would be more than happy to, if you want to share my email, I will share my email with folks. And if they want to do a 10 minute call, because I do these um, intellectual, I I call myself an intellectual philanthropist, and I will meet with strangers because I know that within that 10 minutes, there's a reason we're talking and I can usually figure out who they need to meet or what I'm supposed to share. So if someone would like a 10 minute call and be part of my intellectual philanthropy endeavor, I would be more than happy to offer that to folks. Because because I just cherish you and respect you. And so I would be more than happy. Anyone who's smart enough to know that they should be following your webinars is someone that I would love to meet. And and how can they contact you? Where where can they get access to this? yeah. This intellectual gift and philanthropy that you're offering. philanthropy is so much fun. Um, I love it. I am, the easiest way to find me is Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at life, lived strategically, dot com. So Christy at life, lived strategically, dot com will get to me and we'll put you on the calendar and I can't wait to meet whomever it is who reaches out and it would be a jo- like I've explained to you, you will be blessing me if you reach out because 
for me to have the opportunity to hear someone else's story and connect with them just gives me life. So that would delight me. Amazing. Well, I really want to conclude our conversation today by saying a huge, huge thank you to you. You, you oh. called it like like Babe Ruth. You pointed and said, "I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna promise big, and that you are gonna be better. Uh, you will leave better for having listened to this, and you delivered." Um, and, and you know what was amazing is you went right back to first principles at the end. Um, and your key piece of insight really, really touched me by looking, looking for a way. You can, looking for a way you can leave any situation, any moment better than the moment before, is profound. And I think it's it's simple things like that that begin to again build a trajectory for you and, and build a growth path for you that create momentum. So. Thank you, Christy. I'll put Christy's links to Life Lived Strategically. She has an amazing book. I encourage everyone to buy the book, read it, soak up all of the goodness that's in there. Um, and I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast today, Christy. Um, as we close, I honestly can say this truthfully, I really want to see how um, as people reach out to you, the impact you're making, you know, if you get stories from people who have reached out to you via the podcast to take up your offer of intellectual philanthropy, please come back, get back on the show, talk talk us through, through it and, and the impact you're making. Um, but for now, to our listeners, thank you. And before you go, I ask you to do us a good deed and share this with one other person. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you've tuned into the podcast. And for more Best Self Goodness, please find us on social by searching for The Self App. From us to you, keep up the good thoughts, good words, good deeds, and continue to level up your best self. Thanks, everyone.